right, riddle me this, Kev. What's one of the first upgrades you should do to your vehicle? What is it? What do you go for? Well, you might think power, but ultimately, from a smart and safe perspective, definitely the brakes. Yeah, no doubt. Upgraded braking systems can really transform a vehicle's performance and honestly give you better peace of mind behind the wheel in any situation. You know, from the track to off-road trails, even the morning commute, every single vehicle deserves performance brakes at an affordable price. And no matter what your vehicle or driving style, PowerStop has complete brake upgrade kits for you. So head to PowerStop.com, fill in your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use brake finder to be matched with complete kits and components that are low-dust, noise-free, and feature upgraded stopping power. That's right. You could join the thousands of other drivers that have already transformed their vehicle into a stopping powerhouse today with PowerStop. PowerStop.com, brake upgrades made easy. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Two Guys Garage Podcast, a production of iHeartRadio and Britain Productions. It's the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. Fired up for the day, literally, because we're talking fire birds. Kind of like the redheaded stepchild when you compare it to a Camaro, but nonetheless, a really popular car. My brother owned a, it was a 67 or 8 Firebird, man. It was always a contender. It was a pretty fast car back in the day. Oh, yeah, man. You know, they all have the same innards, the same bones, pretty much. Uh, you know, the Chevy Pontiac engine thing. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's essentially a Camaro just, you know, in a lot of respects, not as cool. With a big nose. Yeah, it's got a beak, yeah. you know. <laughs> it's got a huge nose. <laughs> it's got a, It's a car. It's a cool car with a beak. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, from the back, I'm like, yeah, you got it. You got it. I go up to the little fins even in the rear quarters, the styling on the door. It's got a little Coke bottle feel. I even, you know, across the front wheel lips and the, the hood even. And I'm like, oh, what is the nose? What's going on there? Got a little pinch nose. <laughs> yeah, we we all know that girl, um, or we or we're that guy. Uh, yeah. But nonetheless, you know, you look back at him, especially the one we had on the show, and you go, "Damn, that's kind of a righteous ride, though." Yeah, it, it was weird, you know, working on it because you know I think we probably both went in with our you know general opinions uh, over the years, and uh, right. you know, working on that car, it, it was very tastefully done, had nice paint on it, kind of had monochrome, you know, everything was same color. Yeah, and uh, you know, other than the, some reason the color of the engine it was painted like a, a see-through turquoise or something you know other than that like the car was really warming up to me you know and the more we worked on it the more <laughs> i was like dude i could drive that that's right right that's pretty righteous you know yeah had an LS conversion in it, had a decent stance, you know, but you're right. When we popped the hood and saw that sea foam, like turquoise color, it's like, rawr, rawr, rawr. what? <laughs> Why? But ignore that a little bit. Ignore that a little bit. And, and yeah, man, the interior was super clean, really nice. Um, and at, by the end of the show, I was like, man, I would totally, I'd totally dig having this in the staple, you know? Well, we talked about it a number of times, bro. When you can put modern drivetrain, these LSs, 
I mean, God, there's so much aftermarket support. It's such a tried and true engine. It's very reliable, great power, easy to work on and tune on and easy to get in, you know, something like this. And when you see all this aftermarket support and suspension transmissions, you know, it, it really is a great way to bring an old car to life and make it, you know, valid for today's conditions, driving and enjoyment. Yeah, no doubt. No well, have you seen the prices in Camaros and, and early Firebirds? Are they tracking similarly, or is the Camaro kind of outrunning it? Uh, no, the Camaro has, especially in the, the last few years, really taken a stride above the Firebird. Now, when you get into the Ram Airs and the Ram Air 2 400s, a little more rare offering, then you'll see some bigger numbers. But, you know, as far as Gen 1, 67, 8, and 9 goes, you can't really knock that that Camaro off its platform. It it really is a bigger money ticket car. You know, I got a '67 Camaro, and everywhere I go in that thing, man, people love that first gen Camaro. They love just the lines, the look, and you know, I don't think Pontiac was far behind it. I mean, you put them side by side, and they're really close. You know, you could tell they had a lot of the same designs and points and styling styling characteristics. It's just, you know, there's a few I think things that you know in a minor ways hold it back as far as bringing big big money and still that big demand yeah no i'm i'm with you and i, I kind of wonder you know once the prices of the you know the gen 1 camaro gets so high i think you'll probably see a spike in firebirds because it's like there's so many people that are like well it's out of reach for me you know but that firebird you know looks just like a camaro except it's got the beak you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah but you know what as you as you saw the stepbrother battle kind of roll out over the years you know pontiac you know if take a look for example at a 77 camaro and a 77 trans am i don't think there's any dispute that a trans am is a better looking car at that at that year you know and as you progress through the 80s you know you you had your you know offerings and both of them took you know kind of similar trim packages and engine combos and so forth but as you got into some of the 90s you know Pontiac had the Firehawk which was a, a pretty righteous ride compared to the Camaro you know and the WS6 option stuff and the SSs so Pontiac's you know hung in there for a number of years uh when Chevrolet decided to come back with with the Camaro, you know, in their 2000 range there, um, and Pontiac, you know, sort of took, you know, to the wayside and, and never to return. It made people probably appreciate the old offerings a little bit more. Um, but yeah, man, they styling wise, they won a few of those years. I don't think they won the war, but they definitely won a few rounds. Yeah, they, they hung in there as best they could. I give them some props, you know, and, uh, you know, they made it all the way to what, 2002? You know, 1967 yeah. to 2002, not too shabby. Now, you know, I'm with you on the late 70s Trans Ams and stuff. I like those. Uh, sure. I think kind of getting into that, uh, you know, Gen 3 and up, I just, uh, well, I always preferred the Camaro, but even the Gen 4 Camaro, I just kind of started to lose my my way on, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> yeah. uh, until you get to the newer ones and it's like, oh, baby, bring it back. And there were a few, you know, solid efforts to try to take, you know, these later uh, Camaros and put some body kits on them and make Firebirds out of them. You know, there was a, yeah, a few yeah. diehards that were pretty geeked up about that, but I, I haven't seen very many lately and, and the buzz has kind of gone away. I don't know if that's kind of kind of done now, but uh, yeah, a few <laughs> good efforts there, man. I, I appreciate them, you know, and for the Firebird yeah. fans out there, giddy up, man. You got your Firebird, which is cool, <laughs> you know? 
Yeah. Well, you know, we got to take a break now, but when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about this the 68 Firebird that we had on the show. It was an LS conversion. Like you said, the interior was nice in it. Good suspension components. Uh, and we had some fun upgrading it. And we'll dive into that. And, hey, man, I'll tell you, you know, I'm not stepping out of the Pontiac camp. A lot of people don't realize I got a Pontiac in the uh, project barn up here that's going to get a lot of attention next, probably this upcoming fall, early part of next year, as soon as I finish up my Bel Air and get my race car back. Um, I got a nice little Pontiac that's, Gonna, you know what? And I'll tell you this, Bird. It's even got your hand in the uh, ingredients. And I'll explain that uh, here in just a minute. Yeah. Unbeknownst to you, your hands are complacent in this build. And I'll, I'll share that with you in just a minute. All right? It's the Two Guys Garage Podcast with Kevin Bird and Willie B. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. And today we're talking Pontiacs, kind of the redhead stepchild of the GM brand for sure. You look at Pontiacs and unfortunately it didn't make the cut in the early 2000s. But, you know, throughout the years, started with the 1967, you know, Pontiac Firebird. We had a 68 on the show. You know, you start to pick up some, you know, cool style points to kind of the lead from the Chevy camp. But really when they came out with that design, I wonder how it was back in the day because, you know, you had... Camaro and his stepbrother, the Firebird, you had, you know, say like in the 70 edition of, of Mopar, you had the Challenger and his stepbrother, the Cuda, uh, you know, one from Dodge, one from Plymouth. And, you know, Ford, it probably did the Mustang and the Mercury probably back in the day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, the one that came up first probably got all the, the proper styling, all the proportions and everything. And then someone said from the other group, you know, hey, we want one too. make it off of that. But change it. And now you're stuck yeah. with constraints. Like, you know, it's got to basically be that car, but it's got to look different. And so you end up kind of, you know, force fitting <laughs> the thing. And you're like, oh, why couldn't I be first? Why couldn't the Firebird be first or the Cougar? You know? Yeah, yeah. You know? And, <laughs> and then the Mustang follows or whatever, you know? Yeah, no doubt. But, you know, as far as seeing you know 67 8 9 firebirds you never see those super duties those early 70 71 through 73 super duties those were those were kind of a badass car it had that twin snorkel front end on it you know a lot of them came with that 455 high output engine you know and that was a pretty once that big old lug got moving and breathing that thing could hustle oh yeah and of course you know speed up time a little bit with all the cool upgrades that you can do i mean you could make that into any kind of wicked ride that you want, man. They, they do have a kind of a cool look to them. 
you know, is there one in your mind that sticks out the most, like a year or a generation that just, it's iconic or maybe you had an experience with it or something? Well, you know, this is going to, this is going to, you'll get a measurement as to the redneck level in my blood here. I mean, look, I'm not, you know, wipe my ass with a coffee filter redneck, but I do like, uh, I do like the 77 Trans Am. And I'll be yeah. honest, I'll be honest, you know, when it comes to, you know, a 77 Camaro or a 77 Trans Am, uh, I, I went with the Trans Am. So up in my project barn, I'm going to build the anti-bandit, you know, and this is, I was going to wait till the end of this segment and tell you, but you remember that nasty, nasty LS uh, next block that we did? Our first ARP build that put down oh, nearly yeah. 700 horsepower in a Yeah, NA. Yeah, Oof. man. So I've acquired that engine, a 4L80 E transmission, um, suspension upgrades, and really big upgraded brakes for all four corners. And I found, I traded my 1949 Studebaker pickup, my rat rod truck for this, uh, but I found a 77 white. I, I said it was the anti-bandit. So I'm doing oh. a white non-T-top trans am that's spy versus spy right there man yeah it's like great it's got the gray bird on it it's got <laughs> yeah. the natural the 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 original like um velour kind of interior you know the seats for that cool velour yeah. it's got a really cool gauge offering package with that you know kind of spun aluminum look so yeah man i got that car up in the project barn got the transmission at the transmission shop right now getting built actually so yeah, I've just been acquiring parts and pieces for that thing, and as soon as I'm done with this Bel Air in my in my shop right now, that's going to be the next one that comes in for a fun upgrade. Fun upgrade. Talk about 700 NALS <laughs> yeah. sitting in there. Dang, that sucker's yeah. going to romp, man. Yeah, and I got wow. some big, you know, six, you know, six piston uh, caliber brakes. I, I got you know big wheel wood upgrades. I got really good suspension up for upgrades for it. I got a um, you know, nice transmission setup. I got a you know a twelve bolt for it, so I feel like that kit, that thing's gonna be just a really cool, you know, day to day driver with the old muscle car flair and feel to it. And it's just nice enough where people are gonna go, damn, that's nice. But it's just like not nice enough where I'm not afraid not to drive. I got a couple cars I don't drive, so this one I'm gonna keep, I'm gonna be getting in and just I'm gonna be moshing around town in for sure. Are you gonna get like a, a satin jacket to drive around in that thing in? You know? well, I think that's mandatory. Like I don't own one currently, but before I take it out on the road, I feel like you almost have to, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> just just cause. But you got, hey, you got to admit, man, there's something about that old Trans Am, that '77 and '80. Oh yeah, you know, there's something about that car. When I talk about iconic, that's the one. That's the one that stands out the most for me. You know, just be. I don't know. I was probably four, five, six. You know, watching the Smoking the Bandit movies. Yeah. You know, like. And talk about impression, you know, like just right, right. stuck. Like, <laughs> oh, they were crazy and awesome. Like that was that was wild stuff for a you know a small kid. You know, like these guys were right. out there, you know, breaking the law, breaking the law. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it was so cool. They had the girls and I, you know, I was like everything you could imagine, fun as a as a kid. You know, like 
Yeah, man. He straight stole some dude's wife, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I always appreciated that, you know, and, and obviously movie cars had a big impact in my life. Being a Charger fan, Dukes of Hazard was big in right. that. Uh, smoking a Bandit for sure. Uh, but I always loved that one, but so many people have done the Smoking a Bandit car. I really wanted to go salt and pepper it, you know, so I was really fortunate I found a white one. Um, and it's original paint. It's got a little... You know, a little bit of the clear coat starting to peel um, back on the B pillar a little bit. But other than that, the car is super cherry, no rust. It's just in really good shape. Original interior. Like, I knew the car. It had been stored for 20 years. And I kept trying to get the car, trying to get the car. And, you know, the guy was like, he, re he really wanted my little Studebaker rat rod. And I'd done some cool things to it. And I was like, you know what? I know I'm going to get that engine. I know I want to do that build. So let's make it happen now. So I went ahead and went with it. And me, whenever I get a car or a project, I always put it up in my project barn and acquire parts, you know, however long it takes me. Uh, and then when I got all the parts and I'm ready to pull the trigger, I bring it in the shop, blow it apart, and try to put it back together. So nice. that's always kind of how I do it. And that's, uh, that's the plan for the Trans Am. Yeah, one of my best buddies uh, is a college roommate of mine for a couple of years. Uh, he had the the Burt Reynolds version, right? Black with the fire chicken yeah. on it. Uh, drove it all around for years. I mean, so it's like right outside my apartment. You know, I pretty much lived with <laughs> that thing, you know, rode in it many times. Uh, and he even had kind of the poof hair, you know, like to go along with it. It didn't look quite like Burt Reynolds, but I mean, from a little bit far away, like the thing is driving, you know, and you see the hair kind of thing. You're like, dude, right? <laughs> Burt. <laughs> Yeah, man. So, it, look, I, th I really feel like that car is going to pop in value. You know, if you've been watching, I watch car values a lot because I have a lot of muscle cars. I do a lot of trading. But those cars have really bounced up lately. Yeah, yeah. And, and be, you know, I think anything that's, you know, quote, iconic, you know, something that uh, you can relate to, something that's made that impression on you, right, is always going to kind of keep trending the right way. You know, I, I, don't, I don't know if they're going to fall off until whatever generation of people – you know, got imprinted with that. You know, it's like the duck that imprints yeah. on somebody. You know, until that whole generation's yeah. gone, uh, I, I think it's going to hold, you know. Now, there's so many there's so many cool things that you can do. Uh, you know, like you talked about all the ones that you're going to do on yours. Uh, and then we did a lot of great, a lot of great upgrades on that 68 we had on the show, too. Oh, it was a similar thing. It's an LS swap. It's upgraded suspension, upgraded brakes. Um, you know, and I remember on that show, you had a fantastic radiator, like the radiator. We pulled that out of the box and we, we discussed this several times in our years on, on the show together, two guys garage, like, man, what if somebody made like something that was encapsulated, had a fan inside the, the middle of the radiator could hold some of the housing or something like, I wonder what that would be like. And sure enough, we opened the box and we're like, whoa, look at that. Yeah. That was from Proform. So you know, if you haven't seen this show, you can check out the episodes, you know, check out Motor Trend On Demand. You can see them anytime you want or, you know, go on their website. But, you know, imagine a typical radiator, right? You know, two, three inches thick. But what they did is right smack in the middle, like Willie said, they cut out a circle. Well, kind of a square. They made a square little tank, but a circle in it to put the fan motor. So you don't have the fan blades and a big, thick motor. So if you got really tight packaging, the motor is sitting right in the middle of the radiator and the water just flows right around it, keeps on going. So it's the most compact radiator fan combo that I think I've ever seen. This is pretty sweet. And I know right. I've struggled on, I don't know how many builds, you're sticking a big block where there was a small block yeah. or 
you know, you name it, or you're, you're taking a big, B, you know, LS motor and sticking it in a tiny, tiny little BMW. And there is absolutely zero room to the front there to be able to drop something like that in there and uh, meet all your cooling needs. Whew, pretty killer. Yeah, man, that was cool when we pulled it out because we're like, man, sometimes like the the old expression, you know, uh, kiss, keep it simple, stupid. Um, it, it was one of those things we saw it and we're like, you know what? I'm shocked nobody had done this before because it did. It gave you, you know, just, just the couple of inches that you would need. Like we've seen how many times, you know, quarter of an inch and eighth of an inch is all we're missing but we can't find it anywhere yeah. you know we've made everything as compact as possible and you just you can't get clearance so you got to go to a pusher setup versus a puller setup yeah. and we all know you know it's just it's a lot rougher on thermal management to try to push that air through versus pulling it so it, it really was a cool unique feature and i think man i think next time i, I go for my build i'm gonna look into that as my setup just because it was so slick and i'm always fighting that clearance yeah, and what, what's nice, too, and, and so many things in the aftermarket have evolved uh, to, to cater to our needs instead of, you know, the original hot water rotters would just take an engine out of this and stick it into that and whatever available pieces and parts. And, you know, you could only do so many combinations, and there was a few of them that everybody went to because that was the one that worked. And now the aftermarket's like, hey, I can give you, I can give you a cool radiator that's compact. It's this whole, you know, integrated fan motor thing we talked about. I can give it to you for V8 conversions. I can give it to you for LS conversions. I got all the right hose diameters, you know, inlets and yeah. outlets, correct? It's like, what? I just check the box and I order it and it's exactly what I need. I'm not out there cutting and fabricating and making adapters and splicing. And, you know, so, man, you can really uh, get what you need these days for so many of these builds to build pretty wicked rides without, you know, so much of the the task of having to, you know, re-engineer it and fabricate it. I mean, it's the stuff that we love to do, but I, I totally get, right. you know, when you can just flip right over to the, oh, it's already done for me. <laughs> Thank you. You know, I'll <laughs> yeah. take one of those, please. And one of those and those, you know, and then you're yeah, that much farther ahead on your project, you know? Yeah. Making what used to be fabrication only, or at least a little dive into the fabrication world. Now it's, it's bolt on and it's legit and it's great stuff. It looks good. The packaging is awesome. And it, you know, it does what you're asking it to do, which is a big bonus. So we'll get more into that Firebird because that was just kind of the tip of the iceberg, literally the iceberg. Uh, we cooled down that LS, but man, we had something more for it too. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So stick around. This this is one of the upgrades, uh, and I think I know which one you're thinking of. Oh, yeah. Uh, you've got some. I'm, I'm ordering for my next build. Yes. Uh, wicked, wicked upgrade in all senses of the word. So uh, yeah, you guys stick around for, for some of this. All right. Back in just a minute on the Two Guys Garage podcast with Kevin Bird and Willie B. Hey, it's the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. Appreciate you guys grabbing some time with us. This brought to you by our friends at Hot Shot Secret, their sticks and eliminator. I'll tell you, man, this stuff is the good. You know all about this stuff, Kev. Oh, yeah, man. So Lubrication Specialties, kind of the big brand name over Hot Shot Secrets. These guys go out and solve lubrication problems. And one of them, you know, from the Huey injectors that would constantly stick. And you're talking thousands of dollars to, to go get them fixed. This guy came up with a very specific formulation to go there and clean the injectors as well as lubricate 
and get them moving again, right? A very perfectly good injector that's got, you know, varnishes and sludge buildup uh, to go in there and rejuvenate that and give you thousands and thousands of more miles uh, with being able to put in, you know, a, a small bottle product, uh, super easy way to go and make a fix, you know? Yeah, man. You know, a lot of times your components are still good. They've just, they've got very tight, you know, clearances in there and you build up a little bit of varnish you know, a little bit of sludge, and all of a sudden, it just doesn't operate right. Uh, so we're big fans of Hot Shot Secret. Check them out. But this one, Stiction Eliminator, is awesome. Now, speaking of awesome. On the show, we had this righteous, it's kind of a charcoal gray 68 Firebird. The stance was right. It's funny because both Bird and I are nuts about stance. So when we saw it, we saw it on the lift in the other room, we were like, Ah, I bet it's. I bet the stance is all wrong on it. It's probably jacked up in the back and lowered in the front or something like that. But when it came off the lift, we're like, actually, stance isn't too bad on it. it. Had, you know, it was it was level. It was low. Had an LS conversion in it. Had good suspension parts on it. Upgraded brakes. The interior was really nice. Like overall, this was a great day-to-day drivers you know type hot rod yeah and it was it was completely done top to bottom but just needed a few more key elements to call it finished and and that's kind of where we came in uh you know he, he pieced it together got it kind of almost drivable uh but you know sometimes you run out of steam and uh so where just yeah. that steamroller came in and one of the upgrades you know we haven't talked about transmission yet but it had a t56 <laughs> which you know just an awesome trimic box you know, it's got the six speeds, got double overdrive in it. Really great for shifting. He handles huge amounts of power. And, you know, those things are in everything from GT500s to Vipers to, to you name it, yeah. right? And the Camaros, the Corvette has a version of it. Uh, but he just, he needed a clutch. And, you know, there's many different ways you can go with clutches. But, you know, we went with, you know, one that, that Willie's got several of. And he just, yeah. You know, raves about it and once i saw the construction and the design like i am sold so my next build is gonna have this mantic twin disc clutch in it for sure yeah man i'm telling you especially knowing how you drive and you love to rev match and blip the throttle and you know all things when it comes to road racing and, and tight courses like that uh this really is the perfect type setup for you guys man and and you know I, I was pushing through clutches i was having a hard time keeping them in my vet which puts about 1260 at the tire uh down it's a, it's a pretty righteous ride uh and for me man i kept burning up other people's company's twin disc you know and i'm not hating i'm just truthing i would literally have a you know a, a mile long race that i do and you know within a few of those and a couple you know open road course days i'd be burning through clutches and you know for me it was it's just something i had to find some resolve and i really found it with, with manic just the way everything is handled from you know the packaging from the moment you get it i remember on the show we're like we're like look at this crazy james bond style suitcase man no doubt i'm ready to open it up and there's <laughs> like a shaker and a vodka or <laughs> whatever <and Yeah>. like, <laughs> but now it's a sweet ass you know clutch setup uh, but yeah for those of you who aren't familiar with twin discs uh right you've got a normal clutch it's got one disc in there you know it's full diameter that fits in the bell housing and uh, once you start jacking up power man you get over five six hundred horsepower uh you're pretty much beyond most clutches and so what do you do you add more spring pressure right more more force on that clutch uh and what does that mean? That means more 
foot pressure, man. It means your your calf right. is burning, <laughs> and it makes all of a sudden driving go downhill. Like the more power you make should make you happier, but when you got to push a clutch like that in, it makes you sadder. That's not right, man. Yeah. <laughs> so so what do you do? Yeah. You can add discs, right? So when you add a disc, you just layer them, right? You've got one disc up against the flex plate or the flywheel. You've got kind of an intermediate uh, plate in there. Then you can stack another disc and then you got your pressure plate. Uh, but when you stack them like that, all of a sudden you can double the amount of you know torque capacity with the same amount of spring pressure, pressure and the same amount of foot pressure. So all of a sudden now... You know, if you haven't doubled the horsepower, you can actually start shrinking down those those discs. You can, you know, keep really light effort on your foot. Uh, so now you got the best of all worlds, right? An easy shifting clutch and something that can handle a ton of power and torque. Yeah, man, and you really feel that when you're when you're out on the track, when you're out on the course, and when you're out there driving. You know, how many times have you you know beat it up on a road course and You'll get some fade. You'll you'll smell the clutch when you come back. You're like, woo, yeah. rough day on that one, man, rough day. But this thing is made for abuse, and really I love how quick they fling. I love how everything is in the package. And a lot of times, you know, they don't come with everything you get in the Manic, manic setup, you know, from the flywheel, which we, you know, noticed was significantly lighter. <laughs> like it was, you know, it was a 40-pound flywheel we had in that thing compared to, Whatever it was, you know, from the manic setup, it was, I mean, unbelievable the difference. Just in that alone, you know what that means out on the track. Yeah, and if you've never driven anything with a, a light flywheel clutch setup, uh, so your engine snaps up, right? You put a certain amount of mass back there on purpose. And, you know, for daily drivers, uh, it, it adds stability. So when you're doing that first uh, launch or if you're in a, you know, first gear parking lot mode, you don't get the chugging and whatnot. Uh, you know, and that's a production car. You stick a 35, 45 pound flywheel on there uh, and it adds stability, but it also slows things down. So shrink that down enough to where you're not into a full race, you know, where you can't hardly launch it in first gear. You got to get up in second, third real fast. Uh, but you get just that right balance of weight reduction, inertia reduction, and you feel you, you sit there in neutral and just rev your engine. Vroom, vroom. You can see the revs come up faster. You know, when you put it in gear and launch, you'll go faster. And especially if you start to heel toe, where you're trying to rev match your engine to the driveline speed when you dump your clutch back in, yeah, uh, you can be off by a little bit because there's so much less inertia in your engine that when you, you know, re-engage the clutch and you're off by a few RPM, you don't go, oh, you know, like you don't feel the jerky motion. It just snaps the engine up to or down to the RPM that it should be to match the driveline speed. And it just makes it so buttery smooth and you can almost do no wrong, you know, yeah, like it just, boom, 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 you know, downshifts and it's nasty. Oh it's, man. Yeah. It's forgiving. And dude, it is all performance built. You know, it's got the performance kind of thing aspects in mind. Um, and it definitely is, is serving the performance market. So if you plan on just turning laps and, you really want that quick response, and like he said, that little flick, that that little snap, uh, man, you'll definitely find that. Um, and they even go as far as to do the seven-inch triple disc setups for a bunch of LS platforms, and you know that's when you're getting into big boosted power, and you're looking for even more of that 
that surface area, you know, and, you know, as, as you were talking about it, compounds, once you get one, add that to the friction material and the next one, and then a triple plate allows it, you know, big numbers. We're talking, you know, 900, 1,000 foot-pounds of torque, you know, big, big horsepower, you know, like 14, 15, 1,600 more. Like, these guys are building clutches to handle it. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of putting together my my little parts list, my build plan for my 65 Fastback Mustang. And, uh, you know, we built the motor on the show last year, made almost 1,100 horsepower, and I was like 870 foot-pounds. And Stop rubbing it in, man. Stop rubbing yeah. it in. Jesus. Well, you know, I, I was talking to him <laughs> after we did the show because I got kind of geeked up on all the features and things. And, uh, yeah, dude, 870 foot-pounds, 1,100 horsepower, a twin disc, pff, money. And, you know, for yeah. whatever reason, I could find another couple hundred uh, like you said, they're upgradable, so you can add a third disc to it, right? So yeah, you can kind of yeah. grow. So if you're thinking of adding nitrous, if you're thinking of adding a blower plus nitrous, like, you know, kind of a cool way to go. You can you can walk up your setup uh, with, you know, whatever crazy credit card bill you want to have, you know, upgrading your performance, right? Yeah. Killer, killer upgrade. If you're if you got anything making some power and you're in a manual really consider a twin disc and then look at some of the features and make sure that it's going to make you happy in the end. Yeah, man. And that's the great part. They'll walk with you through those steps. You can just call them and, you know, say I have A, B, and C and plan on making this much power. And, you know, they'll walk you through what, what they think is the best setup since they've done so many applications. So it definitely made a big difference on that car, as it would on any car for that matter. Um, going from something, you know, as heavy and had so much inertia working against you as that did to – something that feels so much more responsive it, it really does give you a different type car to drive when you're pitching it when you're grabbing gears on takeoff you you'll be surprised at how different the car feels and how alive all of a sudden it comes you know when you're when you're really banging gears yeah and i just refuse i refuse to drive or own a car i mean i'll, I'll drive any car if it's awesome but i refuse to own a car that's got a heavy clutch pedal you know, it's just instantly like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go have five minutes of fun for sure. But if I get stuck in traffic, I'm going to want to throw this car in a ditch. You know, oh, like, yeah, man, oh. Oh, man really, if you've ever been in a traffic jam, even with a regular clutch, now you double that effort, you know, and you're you got that leg shake, you know, yeah, like, yeah, dude, call it the sewing exactly machine effect, about, you know, man. like you're cramping up. You're like, oh, can I change with my other leg somehow? Can I cross my legs and throttle with my left foot now? And yeah, it's, uh, it's like a left leg leg press. <laughs> it really is. Yeah, whoever came up with a twin disc uh, should just get some kind of bonus. Yeah, man. Because they really saved us, you know, especially because the power just keeps going skyrocketing the last, you know, 10 years or so. Exactly. So, look, uh, we would definitely recommend that. And a few of the other upgrades, we went to Fragrolio Fuel Lines, which was really cool, really easy. A lot of people convert their stuff over to E85. I'm a big advocate for E85. It's a little tougher to yeah. find here in Colorado. But when you do that, make sure you're wise about everything that that fuel is touching, everything the fuel is going through, all the lines, hoses, all the uh, fittings, make yeah, sure the O-rings. Yeah, man, because yep. it will it will just decimate a fuel system really fast. Uh, and a lot of guys have learned that the hard way. Even if you run a carburetor, I've got a you know a, bar a Barracuda out there, a 67 Barracuda with a 500 cubic inch big block. I have it spraying nitrous and have it on E85. And I've got, you know, no carburetor, but they run the adapted, you know, carburetor plates with the green, you know, you want the green sort of um, gaskets and uh, material for an E85 
you know, hose lines and, and you'll be fine. But just make sure you do your homework and fix everything that's, you know, not E85 friendly because you'll regret it if you don't. Yeah, and it's nice to get, you know, at least some level of, uh, you know, E10, E20, uh, you know, capability, even if you don't go E85, because, you know, I've got, uh, you know, lawnmower and snowblower, and I've got just regular pump gas that's eaten up hoses and just thrown, you know, hose debris all in the carburetors. You know, I've had to rebuild them, you know, just from a, a certain batch of fuel, you know, that may have had too much ethanol in it. So, you know, get that little extra protection, even if you're not going to run E85. And uh, what's cool is, you know, like Fergola, we had on the show, we had three different types of hoses uh, and Willie did a great job kind of explaining, you know, the differences between the construction. So, you know, like their easy street, if you want your car to look really factory, you know, it looks like a factory rubber hose, yeah, that was slick. Uh, but it's got all the upgrades, you know, with the structure and the material, uh, you know, everybody loves the steel braided from way back when, but they've got kind of the uh, race, right? Pro that's got that aramid braid on the outside, you know, they're, their 6000 series is pretty bitching. Uh, so there's a lot of ways that you can do your your fuel lines uh, and hoses and connections. Uh, and, you know, if you go and watch the show, you'll see Willie, you know, give a nice demonstration of just how easy it is to put your own fittings on. So then you can make custom lines like you see on top-notch race cars, top-notch builds. Uh, and it doesn't take much. It takes a little bench vise, yeah. uh, a little aluminum wrench, and, you know, be careful because those are anodized aluminum pieces. You don't want to scratch them all up with a big metal vise. You know, use some soft jaws. Yeah. Hey, and you better cut your links to fit because you can't go back and pull those fittings off. Forget about it. Like you know, they're yeah, they're legit. Yeah, depending on a fitting, some of them you can redo, and other ones, yeah, they're there. That's <laughs> like it. the push lock ones. That, yeah, they say lock. You know, they <laughs> they kind of mean it. Uh, but when you have the multi-piece like AN fittings, uh, yeah, you can reuse them, which is great. And a, a little tip. Uh, if you don't have the aluminum wrenches, which are cheap and easy, just buy them. But sometimes, uh, you know, your fitting sizes and you got your lineup of wrenches, you're like, wait, I'm missing this wrench or something. I, I use uh, an adjustable crescent wrench and I'll just take, you know, painter's tape, tape yeah. uh, whether it's automotive or house. And I'll like just tape uh, any of the contact surfaces on the adjustable wrench and I can, you know, tighten it right up on the fitting and do all my work and not scratch it up and it still looks great and you got any size you want. So great little tip. It's worked for me hundreds of times when you just don't have that right wrench size. Yeah, man, it looks great to pop the hood and everything's custom. It looks great. Everything's, you know, all the lines are the same and they're cut the right, you know, distance and they're ran the right way. It's just, you know, fit, finish on your ride makes a big impact and big difference, man. So definitely check out the show, man. You'll see the 68 Firebird we're working on, as well as our other shows. They air weekends on the Motor Trend Network. Episodes also now streaming on Motor Trend On Demand. So you can pick us up there to catch any past shows. Thanks, my man Kevin. I and Willie B, our producer is Scoop, and our executive producer is Bob Ecker. Yeah, and while you're checking out our show, don't forget to check out the website too, man. We got tons of great content on there. We got links to all our podcasts, so you can go real easy and pick up. You know, the next one or two or ten or all of them. Uh, and check us out on, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Two Guys Garage. Now, Two Guys Garage Podcast is a copyright 2020. Brenton Productions Incorporated. All rights reserved. All right, seriously, man, my anti-bandit. You going you gonna to dig that car? Oh, yeah, dude. Absolutely. That thing's going to be killer. No T-tops. Velour, I'll get you a satin jacket, and we'll uh, we'll row, bro. It'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Two satin jackets, man. We'll be styling. We just got to work on the the hair, you know, the perm, the yeah. hair perm. 
We'll get you a wig. Yeah, one of those sun visors that have the hair built in. You know? <laughs> I was just going to say it, dude. You beat me to it. Oh, right on, man. <laughs> we'll catch you guys on the next Two Guys Garage podcast. Take care. See you guys. Two Guys Garage podcast is a production of iHeartRadio and Britain Productions. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.